Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Heartwood Culture Podcast on the Believe Network. You know me, know the voice, know the guys. Me, really, real, really, real. So I'm from Jr. here at your service. I thought about how I wanted to start the show today. And I could have started on a rant, you know, because Chicago Bulls, very unserious basketball team. New Orleans Pelicans, very unserious basketball team. I could have took a victory lap because the Utah Jazz are inevitable. And no matter what happens, what line you throw at them, what injuries you throw at them, they're going to find a way to cover that game. But I thought that I wanted to start here with I am just so confused on injuries in the NBA. Because we have, <laughs> they just came out and said Zion Williamson is without timetable to return. Well, the playoffs start next week. <laughs> Their playing game is next week. So Zion potentially can miss two playoff runs by his team in the past two years. And so there's a whole bunch of ways to look at this. You can look at it as he's really hurt and he can actually physically not play, which sucks. But then there's also this glance in what people are saying. And it's not just Zion. It's other people like Kawhi. uh, Who else gets load managed all the time? Like, it's plenty of people. And they say, you know, we're we're taking care of the person. We're taking care of them. We don't want to. You know, we're making sure that they'll be with us long term. Zion's already been through a contract and has missed more games than he's played. Like, at what point? And I'm just I'm just kind of talking things out because I'm in front of a microphone and I'm just talking. But at what point do you say, well, I know we're trying to protect this player, but us protecting them means that we're not playing that person. And so we're not reaping any benefits like i could 100 like Jokic, Jokic. let's use Jokic for example Jokic played last night and a lot of people say Jokic should probably just sit you know rest up rest of the season i thought he should have sat and they ended up losing to the rockets called that on the nba game podcast by the way but it's like if you sit somebody and you never get the benefit of them resting, then what was the point? Like, if they're if they're just, like, being cautious with Zion because they want to get the benefit of him being able to play a full season in the future, okay, fine, I get that. But it's like you've been doing this for a number of years now, and he's not giving you a full season. Like, at this point, you just got to say, all right, let's get as many games as we can get from him. Like Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, I can say they truly doesn't seem like the Lakers load manage him. They just say, look, we know AD's going to get hurt. That's just what he do. We know AD going to get hurt. We going to try to get as many games out of him as possible before he get hurt. And then when he get hurt, we'll reevaluate it. But it's like, nah, we ain't about to just be, I think, Anthony, like, is he going to play? He might end up playing this back to back against the Clippers today. But it's like, they have no issue playing Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis has been probable for almost every game recently. And so it's like, all right, they just they just say, we're going to get the most out of him. If he get hurt again, he get hurt again. 
And that's kind of sad. Like, that's not the right way to be thinking about it. But, you know, I feel like y'all get what I'm saying. Like, if you load managing or you resting somebody to make sure that they don't re-injure themselves, you should at least reap the benefits of them playing instead of not playing them ever. I don't know what's going on with Zion, honestly. I am not a health professional. I am not going to speculate. He could actually be hurt to the point where he cannot play. But if he can play, it just feels like they're wasting both his and their time by not letting him play. So I'm very, very curious on, is Zion actually hurt where he cannot play? Or is this a situation where they are trying to make sure that they take it slow with him? And it's just like, man, you're like on the outside looking in of the playoffs right now. And you just had a bad loss to a team that really had minimal to play for at home. I don't know. All right. I think that's enough of my early show monologue here. Everybody, let's recap what we did yesterday. Because we had a lot going on on the 13th episode in 13 minutes. And so, kick the day off. Let's go chronological order. Because the parlay didn't hit. Everybody knows that. But we had the Pistons plus 13 and a half. That came in right at 13. Like, sometimes, and y'all see how we had all those, like, very, very close losses. Sometimes they throw the universe throws it back because the Pistons were in clear and obvious way to cover this game for about 90% of the game. It was the last five minutes of that game where the heat started to pull away and I'm sitting there sweating like, oh my gosh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Nope, never in doubt. We get the cover plus 13 and a half on the Pistons. Let's see here. Next game we had, oh. Philly minus two that pushed that was an epic collapse like that that was Philly was running away with that game and they just somehow some way let Boston come in here and you know a couple of bad turnovers a charge and Derek White going crazy they end up pushing that Philly minus two if you played on the money line you cash could play on you if you just played laid the 160 on the money line and won that Chicago plus four or plus three and a half, I think it was when I was when I was recording it. It got up to six when Trey Young said he wasn't playing. Never in doubt for the Atlanta Hawks as they win 123-105. I mean, Chicago gets run out the gym on their own floor. Now, officiating was an issue. I will say that, but it wasn't to the point. Like Chicago just is unserious. Like they're a very, very unserious basketball team. And somehow they end up still clinching the play in birth because the Orlando Magic lost to the Cavs earlier. So, <sighs> that sucked. That sucked. That was like a no Trey Young. That was a, uh, that was a loser. All right. Next game, Sacramento beats the Pelicans 121-103. Sacramento clinches the Pacific Division. And the Pelicans are just completely unserious in terms of being able, like blowing this game at home. Really, really brutal. And unfortunately, no, I won't tease ahead. I'll just say it when I say it. But going down the list, we had Memphis first quarter minus five and a half. That came in for us. They ended up winning that first quarter 41-25. And it's great we took the first quarter because they went to on to lose 
the second and third quarter. And then the only reason they won by 10 is because they had a 23-14 fourth quarter, but they really like just didn't show up the rest of the game. And I think that's how we play it. We just play Memphis in the first quarter, and then they give up and not care anymore. I might not even touch Memphis for the rest of the season, to be honest. And the final play of the light, it got up to 11 before game time because of the outs on the Utah Jazz side. But never in doubt, the Jazz cover 135-133. Lakers win. Jazz get the cover. This team is inevitable. Like, it's inevitable. It doesn't matter what happens. No Jordan Clarkson. No Laurie Marketing. No Walker Kessler. No freaking problem. I, I I don't know what to say. Like, if you're not if you're not doing it by now, you're sick because the Jazz only got like three games left. So you missed out on a whole long trend. But we've been talking about this, talking about this, talking about this. We're up on units on the Jazz since just this show starting. Imagine what I was doing on my other show all season. Like this team is inevitable. Everybody that knows me knows this team is inevitable. They're going to get it done. So we finished with a one, two, three, two, and one day. Slightly in profit. Pretty, pretty good stuff there. All right. Let's go ahead and I don't have a lot of plays for today. I'm not going to lie. There's some spots I like, some spots I don't. I think that I just kind of want to get in and out with a couple of these bets. First one is going back to the team that I just said is completely unserious. And this is the last time, I promise you. I promise this is the last time. But the Memphis Grizzlies are going on the road to play the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are laying five, five and a half now. Opened up at five. is now over at five and a half. And if both of these teams are off a of back-to-back, so I don't really have an injury report for you. But it looks like Dylan Brooks and Jake LaRuvia are questionable. You should expect everybody else to play for the Pelicans because they're still not locked into the play-in. And this game is really about motivation. One is the fact that we have a Pelicans team that is at home, who is really good at home, by the way, outside of what we just saw last night. They're typically really good at home. And with the loss last night, that moves them to 25 and 14 on the season. Memphis on the road, 15 and 23. We have the factor of Memphis. Can they catch Denver for the one? They can, but extremely unlikely. Well, is it really that unlikely? They play the Suns on the road, the Jazz on the road, and then home to the Kings. Well, okay, that home game to the Kings. If they need the if they need the one seed in that last game, they're gonna get it the home game to the Kings. I think so. So highly unlikely. I highly, I really question the motivation of Memphis. Just looking at the past two games, they blow a twenty-something point lead. Yeah, twenty. What was it? Twenty-something point lead to the Bulls on the road. Then they come back home. They just play with their food with the Trailblazers for the duration of the entire game. And now you're on the road again for the rest of the season. That was your last home game. So for the regular season, so now you have three road games: Pelicans, Bucks, Thunder. Like, I really, really don't see the motivation behind the Grizzlies in this game, except the fact that they do have potential chance for a one seed, whereas the Pelicans need this game. 
they need this game. They still are fighting for positioning in that play-in. They're still fighting to make sure they even have a spot in the play-in. Like, that's not even 100% guaranteed. I think you want to lock that in before you start resting people. So we have, again, same thing as yesterday. It didn't work yesterday, but same thing as yesterday. Low bets, higher dollars with the Pelicans here. You have line movement in the Pelicans' favor as well. 52% of the bets, 66% of the money on the Pelicans. So good, sharp movements towards the Pelicans. I like seeing that, backing a play that I already liked. Uh, it's a good trend. I know it didn't work yesterday, but if I follow the trend more times than not, it's going to hit. And so you're going to have some losers, but I think this is another spot where we can back the Pelicans and it's a winner and really just fade a Memphis team that one, because the line says five and a half, it tells me that even though there are no outs right now, Memphis is going to have somebody out. Like they've not, they've not played jaw on back-to-backs. They've not played Triple J on back-to-backs before. They've not played Devin Smith Bain on back-to-backs before. Like, there's still opportunity for them to be able to sit people, and that will make you feel more confident about the Pelicans. So I'm going back to the well. Pelicans minus five and a half. I promise you, if they don't get this done, I'm done with them. All right. The only other plays that I have are in the Mavericks game. Kings are playing the Mavericks. Mavericks are laying six at home. This is another line that is very, very telling because the fact that the Mavericks are laying six at home. This is a terrible home team who is 16, 33, and two against the spread as a fate at home this season. 16, no, 16, 33, and two as a favorite this season. 13, 23, and two at home. Now, they are 22 and 16 straight up at home. So a lot of those times they are not covering the number, but they're at the least winning the game. Same thing as a favorite 30 and 21 as a favorite, but 16, 33 and two, I will not lay six with the Dallas Mavericks, but I do like them to win the game, especially because it sounds like that they are playing Kyrie and Luca and they're not giving up on the season just yet, nor should they, because again, the thunder clearly do not want the 10 seed. They continue to lose games and now they're only a half game back from the thunder for the 10 seed. So, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a prop. Now, if I expect there to be outs on the Kings side of ball, I think that it comes in the form of Demonis Sabonis, who had a triple-double yesterday. They secured the Pacific Division for the first time and Lord knows how, how long. I can, one, this is just a letdown spot, or automatically a team letdown spot, but two is the fact that Sabonis probably doesn't play, and if Sabonis doesn't play, then that opens things up for Luka on the boards. I think that the Kings are a horrible defense. We've talked about this on odds on in, odds on in, odds on in, and so that we have an opportunity to fade them defensively. Luka could rack up some assists, spread the ball around, a whole bunch of ways that I see Luka can get this double-double today. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried about him scoring 10 points. So let's take Luka double-double and a win. I see that at plus 128, plus 130, around there. And I will also, because if Sabonis doesn't play, I think that triple-double is in the world of possibility as well. And that he can absolutely have a triple-double in this game. Uh. So, plus 130 
for Luka Doncic double double and win. We're going to go to his triple double and win at plus six eighty. Really? Like I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good bargain on a Luka Doncic triple double, especially with the potential of no Sabonis in this game. Even if Sabonis does play, Luka's still probably going to be down there trying to get rebounds because nobody on the Dallas Mavericks is capable of rebounding basketball. Even their six ten forward coming off the bench is unable to rebound the basketball. He might be six nine. Uh, he might be six nine. Luca ball in his hands all the time. Like I don't have to handicap a Luca triple double. Everybody knows. So Luca triple double Dallas win plus six eighty. Luca double double Dallas win plus one thirty. And I also have a play on the Pelicans minus five and a half to get it done today. That's it for me. Mm, one side. That's going to be, you know, the major play. It's what I feel good about. And the Pelicans just have to have a better game than the no-show they did with the Pel- with the Kings. And I think that Luka carries his team to a win. So that's how we're going to play this late today. Make sure you're following the Hardwood Culture Podcast on YouTube, Hardwood Culture Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, HW Culture Pod. And leave reviews wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Just leave reviews, five-star reviews, comments, all that stuff. Appreciate everything. Other than that, I really don't have anything else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending podcast. I'm just going to end it like this. We are out of here. <laughs>